0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Engage A podcast. I am Josh, joined by my co host here today, Mike. Um, We are not joined by Zach today. He had some personal issues he's dealing with, so he's going to sit this one out. Uh, But me and Mike are going to get you guys through the week nine recap. And I guess we'll just start it off with some Thursday Night Football then. Before we get into the games, I just want to remind everybody that we just now started our Spotify version of these podcasts. So anybody that wants to listen to just audio, just the audio versions, I have the link in the description to the Spotify. Give us a five-star rating, follow us on there, and all of our episodes will also be on there uh, from this point forward. Those episodes will also be up almost right after we record. Quick round of edits with no graphics because it's just audio, and that will be up really, really quickly, way before the YouTube video version. So if you're more interested in that and you just want to hear us talk and not watch us this whole time, you can head over to that Spotify and give us a follow. We greatly appreciate it. Now to the games. Um, There's enough football. The Steelers beat the Titans. Um, Will Levis in his second game does not have a fantastic game, but overall, if you watch the game, it's pretty clear that he's the best quarterback in that room over there in Tennessee. And we need to continue to see him no matter who comes back healthy or who doesn't. Will Levis needs to be the guy in Tennessee. The Steelers, on the other hand, they just kind of did Steeler things. They played by the Steeler way, scored just enough points at the last second to win and played good enough defense to keep your team in it. And they did just that. Deontay Johnson gets his first touchdown in 119 straight catches. Um, I believe that's just around a season and a half for him. Uh, so he finally sees the end zone while his other receiver mate, George Pickens, whines and cries after a W. But, yeah, it is what it is, I guess.
1: Yeah, I thought Will Levis looked very solid. Um, he had some turnovers, but, I mean, he's he's a rookie. Uh, he's going to have those. Him and Malik Wells, they seem to have – a. Him and Blake Willis seem to have a good connection with each other, so I just think there is no reason that Ryan Tannehill should even wear a jersey for games. Um, Derrick Henry was solid, 75 yards and a touchdown, and the Steelers continue to just be fourth quarter, a fourth quarter team. Uh, another comeback win. They still haven't outgamed a team yet this year, and according to LeBron James, they've also yet <laughs> to outscore a team. But they're five and three, so <laughs> yeah. they're the first five and three team to get outscored in every game. So. <laughs> But Steelers, uh, they they just find ways to win games. T.J. Watt's great. Uh, this was their first win when Pickens doesn't get 75 yards, and he had a ch- touchdown that he just somehow didn't get two feet in. It was almost harder to not get two feet in on the play. But um, after the game, uh, deleted all of his Steelers stuff on social media and just said free me, which is crazy. Uh, But Deontay Johnson, I'm so happy to see him back healthy. Seven catches, 90 yards. Uh, Big fan of his game. Just a nice win for the Steelers and continue to stay close to the top of the AFC North.
0: Yep, they stay close to the top. They're still trailing those Ravens at seven and two. Uh, The Browns also won today, and the Bengals are currently playing on Sunday Night Football as we record this. Um, But, yeah, the Steelers, both running backs got involved. Najee had a good start to the game on that first drive where – I mean, I can't remember the last time a Steelers team went down and scored on the first drive like they did on Thursday. Uh, so they were poised to have a good game. Uh, and then they ended up – the offense regressed to the mean a little bit. Matt Canada on the field didn't have as much juice as they thought it was going to have. Uh, and they regressed to the mean a bit on that. But um, as far as the, the Steelers go, big picture, I think you're in a good spot. you got to fear that 9-8 and eight record that uh, Mike Tomlin – is going. I mean, he's career eight and eight. It seems, but nine and eight now. We'll see how it goes for them. Uh They still have to play the Ravens twice, I believe. I think they have the Browns one more time, and I don't think have they played the Bengals yet. I don't think they played the Bengals. oh uh, really. they
1: have not played the Bengals.
0: Yeah, so they still got five divisional games left in the toughest division in football. Uh, so we'll they beat the
1: Ravens play. already, so they only play the Ravens one more time.
0: When did they? When did they beat the Ravens? Week five. Oh, seventeen right, times! Right, 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 right. I forgot about that game. Okay, so they got they got four more divisional games left. Uh, one with the Ravens, one with the Browns, two with the Bengals. But uh, we'll see how that goes. The Bengals are heating up as we can see. Uh, and good win for the Steelers against a Titans team that's scrapping is going to hang in there in most games.
1: Yeah, and looking at the Steelers schedule for the future, they have the two games with the Bengals, which aren't great, and then the game with each of the other two divisional teams. But other than that, their non-divisional schedule is pretty pretty calm they got the Packers they got the Patriots Cardinals Colts um, just a lot of teams that they should beat, and I expect them to beat Uh, Seahawks that'll be an interesting one but pretty solid non-conference schedule Um, (laughs) I I think this team is definitely gonna fight for a playoff spot no doubt and I think they might make the playoffs I can see them getting 10 wins and sneaking their way in Uh, this was a nice win to have and just they find ways to win
0: Yep, they do. Moving on to the next game here, Dolphins at Chiefs. The Chiefs defeat the Dolphins, and kind of a pretty weird game uh, for the morning game here. The Chiefs start up uh, in the first half. They win the first half 21-0. to At the end of that first half, the Dolphins uh, did defer to start the game, so they were getting the ball at the beginning of the second half. They get the ball down 14 at the end of the first half. uh, Screen pass to Tyree Kill, he fumbles, and then a lateral to – I don't remember was it Sneed? I don't remember exactly who it was and then he takes it to the house and the Chiefs go up 21 nothing to start the second uh to end the first half and that was kind of a tough spot for the Dolphins to dig their way out of but they tried and they respond back with nothing but stops uh in the second half which is really tough to do against the Chiefs team but they could only see the end zone twice to make it a 21-14 game and they lose late on that uh to a uh, miss snap. Tua has to fall on it and take the fumble to end the game, but or take the turnover on downs to end the game. But tough games for Miami for uh, Waddle and Hill. Waddle got banged up early, ended up coming back, uh, playing okay. Uh, underwhelming games for the both of them. Uh, my main thing, I wouldn't say my main thing, but one thing that I just can't unsee is just how hard Isaiah Pacheco runs. I saw memes on Twitter of the. Uh, Isaiah Stewart, uh, LeBron, <laughs> in the fight, yeah, where he was fighting <laughs> yeah. through everybody. That's how Isaiah Pacheco runs, and yeah, he's been just enough uh, for what they needed in the run game. Uh, someone that can go bang bodies down there while Mahomes airs it out to everybody. A lot of complaining from Mahomes this game, but it ended up working out in his favor.
1: Yeah, the Chiefs' offense though continues to just not be clicking. They were able to get the win, but. Their offense as a whole just wasn't great. Travis Kelsey just seems to kind of be a Taylor Swift merchant recently. Only had, I think, three catches today for like 20 yards. So disappointing from him. And Mahomes had a season-low 185 yards. So their offense continues to just not look great. But really, their defense has been just phenomenal. And it's been winning them games. Uh, They really shut down this Dolphins offense, especially in the first half. Uh, Tyree killed revenge game. Kind of thought he would just go off. Only had, I think, eight catches for 62 yards. And then the bad fumble. Uh, I think it was Brian Cook who got the lateral and returned it all the way. But just Miami, another chance to beat up, uh, beat a premier team, and they couldn't do it. They're 0-3 against teams that are above five hundred now, albeit those are three teams that are all Super Bowl contenders. But you'd like to see them get a win in one of those matchups. But that Chiefs defense, man, they continue to just play great.
0: Yeah, I mean the Chiefs defense was really the story of this one. Being able to hold this Dolphins team to fourteen points was huge. Uh personally, I thought going into this game, uh, we've seen a lot of travel issues in these overseas games with teams. It seems like the team that gets there first ends up uh having a better game overall. We've seen it all season. Uh the Dolphins ended up getting to Frankfurt, I believe, on Monday. And the Chiefs, I don't think, got there till Thursday. Uh so I thought that was a big concern for me going into this game. And at the end of the day, it didn't end up mattering for the Chiefs. The leading Chiefs receiver was Noah Gray with three catches for 34 yards. Uh so especially in the second half, this Chiefs offense, like you said, just has been pretty underwhelming so far. But if you're a Chiefs fan, you're sitting at seven, seven and two. Do you have your problems? Yes. But at the end of the day, you get there in the playoffs, you have Patrick Mahomes. I think you feel pretty good.
1: Yeah, I personally have a gripe with Chiefs fans recently. Um, I was on Twitter during that game today, and Chiefs fans were just complaining uh, complaining about Andy Reid saying he's terrible, um, saying it's really hard to be a Chiefs fan and watch this team. I just I cannot believe that, considering you are coming off of a Super Bowl victory, you have a generational quarterback. And I just don't understand that at all, how you can complain when you are have two Super Bowls in the past like four, three seasons. Um, that just really pissed me off. But their defense, it's looked great. They have no problem with that. Spagnola has just been incredible. Uh, uh, shout out to Raheem Moster, though, for the Dolphins. Uh, he had a great second half. Finished, I think, with 86 rushing yards and a touchdown. He continues to be very good for them while uh, A-Chain is out.
0: He was keeping that offense alive in the second half. Yeah,
1: he was keeping them alive. Um, Dolphins, they got to figure out against these good teams. Um, Mike McDaniel said that if they want to change the narrative about it, they have to go out and win the game, so. I think they will start doing that eventually soon this year, but Chiefs continue to win games.
0: Yep, they do. Moving on here to Vikings at Falcons. The Vikings go in there and they get a win and in an absurd circumstance they had to be in. Josh Dobbs, who just got to the team in Minneapolis on Wednesday, uh, goes in here on Sunday not knowing most of his teammates' names, not knowing any of the playbook, not taking any practice reps. Comes into the game, basically plays the full game when Hall got hurt and gets his team a win against a really good Falcons team. Um, Like I said, he comes in the game, gets it done for them. Bijan uh, still splitting reps with Algier uh, heavily. I think Algier might have gotten more touches today. Uh, This is a situation where I saw a lot of people on Twitter comparing it to the uh, David Montgomery and uh, Jameer Gibbs situation. I do not see that whatsoever, considering David Montgomery was phenomenal. And in, in, when he was healthy for the Lions and it was hard to keep him off the field, Algier has just been mid for the most part. And sometimes he's been bad. Today, he was pretty bad overall. I think he finished with, I got it right here. Mostly. 39. Yeah, 39 yards on 12 carries. Uh, just pretty unacceptable. He's getting almost all of the goal line work for Atlanta, which doesn't make much sense to me at all. As far as the tight ends go, Hawk played really well. He's been really well in the absence of uh, Justin Jefferson for this Vikings offense that needs it and a team that now magically is setting at five and four. On the other hand, Johnny Smith leads the uh, Falcons in receiving once again. I know he had a big catch for the most part, but Five catches for 100 for him. And overall, just a pretty disappointing loss for the Falcons. This is one you really couldn't lose. You're in a division where you're fighting for the top with a lot of scrappy teams. The Saints get a win today. The Bucs almost get a win today. We'll touch on both those games in a little bit here. But um, overall, just a game you can't lose against a quarterback that just got to the team four days ago and doesn't know anything about what's going on.
1: Yeah, just just a game that the Falcons could not lose uh, in the division race. Ah, uh, they had second and goal on the one yard line. Um, they did an end around with Janu Smith on second down for no gain, and then third down a handoff to Tyler Algier and lost four yards on the play. Just absurd. I think uh, I saw something on Twitter saying Arthur Smith tries so hard to prove that he's smarter than everybody else than just actually winning football games, and I kind of agree with that. He just it just doesn't make sense how you're not using the number eight overall pick, B. John Robinson, who. Unless carries out gain Tyler Algier just look better and just you're not giving him the ball in those goal to go situations. I just don't get that. Johnny Smith, like you said, he led them in uh, yards. I think he had 100 on like just a, I don't know how many it was like 10 catches, five, but five catches for five team. catches. Yeah, but he
0: had a big 60 yarder.
1: Yeah, the 60 yard touchdown. I don't understand how you don't put Kyle Pitts in those situations when you're going for a big play. You're running the screen to him and having Kyle Pitts block. It just makes no sense uh heineke played all right i think he did similar to what ritter would have done maybe if it's a home game ritter would have performed better but i don't know um this is a team that's gonna have to look for a quarterback in the offseason but as far as the uh, vikings go what a game for josh dobbs Uh, i think all year he's looked very solid considering the situation in uh, arizona he didn't really have much going for him in that offense And he put up 28 points on the NFL's sixth-ranked defense of the Falcons. Uh, Didn't know his teammate's name, like you said. He didn't know their cadence. He was practicing it on the sidelines before he went in. Uh, um, Kevin O'Connell said he was teaching him the play calls mid-drive, telling him, visualizing what the play would look like. Uh, Just crazy. Uh, Happy for him. He seems to be a good guy. Just what a win for the uh, Vikings.
0: Yeah, the Falcons, you have to have this one. Now you're under 500. For the Vikings, on the other hand, now you're sitting at five and four. You are a game and a half behind the line – or, yeah, game and a half behind the Lions, who you haven't played yet. I don't think they're going to be in any position to win this division. The Falcons, just at the end of the day, are going to Falcon sometimes. They did that today. And, yeah, uh, Taylor Heineke, I guess, uh, I like him better than Ritter in this spot for the Falcons. The Falcons' offense was all right today. They weren't special, but they definitely weren't bad. Just kind of a utter collapse uh for the Falcons overall. They missed Grady Jarrett uh desperately. There was that really scary hit on uh, KJ Osborne where he was like it looked like he was pretty unconscious for a minute uh after getting sandwiched between I think it was Jesse Bates, maybe, and somebody else. I'm not really sure who it was, but um glad to see he got up on his own and uh walked to the cart. Uh Josh Dodds also had 66 rushing yards on seven carries uh for Minnesota. And he was just straight up just making plays on that last drive. It was a fourth and long. He converts that and obviously gets him to the end zone at the end of that game. But just kind of a remarkable win for Josh Dobbs and shows the type of guy he is. We know he's smart. So, obviously, he was smart enough to pick up on that quick. And those tendencies helped him out a lot.
1: Yeah. Shout out to Cam Akers. It seems like he tore his Achilles again. I think it was the same Achilles that he'd already torn. I don't know if, like, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to say anything, but I remember him coming back ridiculously fast from that torn Achilles, and I don't know if that made him more vulnerable to one or not, but I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to say anything about that. But uh, just the Vikings, they I, they have a chance to go and sneak in the playoffs. But I don't see it happening, but Josh Dobbs, he's looked pretty solid for them. They, their defense has overperformed. Uh, Flores has looked great with them. And for the Falcons, just a loss you couldn't have. Now you're a game behind the Saints, half game. Just really disappointing in a game at home that you wanted to win against a team that really didn't have a quarterback. Jaron Hall got hurt, concussion, but had to win that game. Didn't.
0: Yep. Moving on here to Cardinals at Browns. Pretty not very entertaining game here. But Clay Toon just wasn't ready. They put him in against the league's best defense. Pretty much in a situation for him. But we just talked about a guy who was in an impossible situation and got out of it. So it's hard to make a lot of excuses after what we saw today. But he was in a really tough position. Deshaun Watson finally came back. I do want to commend the Browns. This was a great decision to bring him back this week and let him play a trash team in the Cardinals and really get his feet wet. And he did that. He was mistake-free today. He was really, really good. Um, seven sacks for this Browns defense on Clay Toon. Just was not really, he just was not ready for this moment. It was tough for him, especially on the road as well. One of the most dominant games of the year, I would say. They finished 27-0, a shutout for the best defense in the league in the Browns, who continues to prove how good they are every single week. And if this team just had Nick Chubbman, ooh, they would be scary. They it would be them and them and the Ravens for the top, not the Steelers and the Ravens.
1: Yeah, they still had 34 rushing attempts today. Jerome Port had 20 for 44, so he wasn't very effective. And then Kareem Hunt, 14 carries for 38 yards. You you said it, Deshaun Watson, he played very good against this Cardinals defense that hasn't really been great. Amari Cooper had a great game, five catches for 139 yards. This was their first shutout victory since 2018. And the Browns today finished with more total plays than the Cardinals had total yards. They had 71 total plays. I don't know how many total yards the like Cardinals had, but their defense is just dominant. They held the Cardinals to one for 12 on third downs. Claytune couldn't really do anything. They had no running game. Uh, DeMar- Demarcado was out. Um, James Conner's still out. Just the Browns defense is great. Claytune, he had two interceptions, a fumble, and six sacks. They didn't have anything going this game, and they're going to need Kyler Murray back next week. But I, it seems like they want to be losing, so maybe they don't want him back, but he should be back next week.
0: Yeah, uh, just a couple things. I'm going to touch on the Murray thing in a second, but I don't know if I've ever seen this in an NFL game where three of the four rushers on one team had more carries than they did yards. Uh, Keontae <laughs> Ingram had nine carries for eight yards, Rondale Moore four carries for three yards, and Tony Jones Jr. three carries for two yards. Uh, that's pretty remarkable, but – as far as the Kyler Murray thing goes, it's a really interesting situation if you're the Cardinals here. You're sitting at one and eight. A part of you has to be like, talk it, let's just put Clay Tune in. Let's just go one and sixteen and get Caleb Williams. Um, I know there's the whole thing if he doesn't know where he wants to go. Caleb Williams doesn't know a lot of things. It seems, um, he seems pretty delusional when it comes to how his NFL uh how him coming into the NFL is gonna be. He's obviously a great player, but he's the type of guy who thinks that he's gonna get ownership in the NFL team that drafts him. If Patrick Mahomes doesn't get ownership, you're not either, buddy. But um, Kyler Murray, you got. I'm. It seems like they're going to play him, so we'll see what happens. Maybe they go and they string together some wins here. Let me pull up who they have, who they have in their schedule coming up here. They have they the Falcons next week. Falcons, Texans, Rams, Steelers, Niners, Bears, Eagles, Seahawks. Um, with Kyler Murray, I don't know. I see maybe like four or five wins they could get there. So. Do you do you put Kyler in and risk ending up at 5-12 and 12 instead of 1-16? I don't know. It seems like it's going to happen no matter what, but Cardinals fans have to be pretty torn on this one.
1: They're going to have to activate him, I think, next week. I don't know. His window has been open for a while, it seems like. No,
0: yeah, I mean, they don't have to play him.
1: Yeah, they don't have to play him, but they're going to have to activate him. Yeah. Maybe they only get two to three wins with him in. I don't know. I mean, we don't even know if they're really focused on Caleb Williams or if they really still want to give Kyler a shot. So I hope Kyler gets a shot, and I hope he shows out. I think he's a great quarterback, and they really, even if they try to move on from him and go to Caleb Williams, I don't know how they're going to manage the money in that situation because they still owe Kyler a lot of money, even if they get rid of him. So they're going to be tied up with that contract for a while. I think you got to look in like a Marvin Harrison or something instead of Caleb Williams.
0: Yeah, but then it's like, uh, well, are they moving just laterally then? Because they just had DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> like, and obviously, Marvin Harrison's different. He's young. and He's going to be great. But they just had Kyler Murray with an okay team and a really good receiver, and that obviously didn't work out for them.
1: But and, yeah, And that Texans pick is just getting higher and higher, so that might not be a top-ten pick anymore. So they really yeah. got one pick in there. Yeah, they have to be
0: heavily rooting on the downfall of the Texans. But – Moving on here to the Rams and the Packers. Matthew Stafford did not play in this game. Those of us that picked – was it me and you that picked the Rams? Uh-huh. We got screwed uh, on that one. <laughs> Obviously, we thought that this guy behind me was going to play, and he did not. Um, the Packers' offense was still underwhelming against a Rams defense that has not been uh, very good at all. But the uh, Jared Alexander said that they had to be perfect on defense, and they were pretty near perfect today. Um, another situation with a backup that wasn't ready and ripen. Uh, Aaron Jones for the Packers finally shows up and has a good game. He hasn't had a good game since week one. We're in week nine yet. Now I know he was hurt for a little bit. They had their bye week in there, but he had some pretty unimpactful games. Both of these teams I just see is like on the same level when they're healthy. Uh, they were not. Uh, the Rams were not healthy enough today for this game to be close. But overall, I guess the Packers uh, sneak a win in. They the Lions on by this week, the Bears lost, and we just talked about the Vikings winning. So two of four teams of the four teams that got wins in the NFC North this week. So I guess that's big for them. I'm just not really concerned about either of these teams competing or being playoff teams. Uh, it just is what it is on this game.
1: Yeah, I don't see either of these teams sniffing the playoffs. Uh as we really open Matt Stafford would play, and without him, this team really doesn't have anything going. Uh Cooper Cup only had two catches, Buka only had three. They had nothing going on the offensive side of the ball. Brett Ripon, I don't even know if he wasn't ready or if he's just not a good NFL quarterback. I think I'd say he's just not a good NFL quarterback. Aaron Donald, he played solid. He made some plays, but the Packers and Jordan Love, they really just played the game safe. They knew that if they didn't turn the ball over and put the Rams in this game that they should be fine and win. Aaron Jones, like you said, finally had a good game. 20 carries, 73 yards, four catches for 26. Nice to see him finally getting the ball and the Packers, they continue their receivers by committee. Uh, Dontavion Wicks, four catches. Christian Watson and Jordan Love finally were able to connect for a deep ball, 37 yards. Um, but the Packers, they just played it safe. They got the job done, and they got the win.
0: Yeah, I don't know much more to say about this game, really. Uh, the Packers just go and they get a win in Lambo, which they desperately needed. Jordan Love, another okay, not overwhelming game at all. Cooper Cup held the two catches for 48 yards. It's tough to do that in this league with a receiver uh of his talent, no matter who's at quarterback. Uh so the Packers defense proves to still be good. They're definitely in the top half of the defenses. It's just this young offense struggles. Christian Watson got hurt today as well, which isn't good for them. But overall, two teams with three wins, neither one too impactful.
1: Yeah, and the Packers' record down the stretch, they got a couple tough games coming up in the next few weeks. Steelers, Chargers, Lions, Chiefs. But after that, their schedule really seems to open up. Giants, Bucks, Panthers, Vikings, Bears. They could win some games in that late stretch. I don't think they'll still sniff the playoffs, but they'll be a team that's just outside the playoffs. So I don't think they'll get a top pick with that schedule because I think they're going to have to look for quarterback in the offseason. Uh, Jordan Love, he's still young, obviously, but I just don't see it. Take Zach's mantle and say he's not a good quarterback in the NFL, but it's gonna be interesting to see what direction they go in the offseason at that point. Maybe, yeah, and that'd be scary,
0: it would be. Uh, but moving on here to commanders and Pats, the commanders win 20 to 17. Uh, overall, another game that was not very not showing a ton on uh red zone, but um, overall, Howell only gets sacked three times. Uh, which is not bad for this commander's offensive line that has just been letting them get throttled all season long. New England held to three points in the second half. Common theme for them, just having random long dry spells in games with their offense and then having random really good drives for Mac Jones. Just kind of a just completely bipolar team, but both of these teams are that. So this game was just really impossible to pick, I feel like. Uh the Patriots now have the worst record in the AFC. I mean they did going into this week, but they still do. And it's just wild to think about that, uh, with the prowess that this team has had in our lifetimes. That they're now sitting at two and seven and just in a spot where they could be contending for the number one pick, which would be insane if Bill Belichick just falls. Caleb Williams falls into Bill Belichick's arms. But but yeah, the the Patriots are just a really bad football team. Mac Jones almost put almost put together a decent drive at the end of that game to go and tie it or win it ends up throwing a pick on that last drive and ending the game for the Pats but another home loss in Foxborough for the Pats
1: yeah maybe they go and grab back Josh Daniels put him at OC so they can try to get Josh uh, or Mac Jones going that yeah. won't happen but i saw someone on twitter say that Sam Howell's kind of playing like 2019 James Winston and i kind of like that you make some wild plays but then he'll go and have a bad turnover. Um, he had that throw to Jahan Dotson that was just very impressive. And it's very nice to see Jahan Dotson get going these last couple of weeks. He had, uh, like, three weeks ago, he had a bad drop, just a bad game. And usually responded these last couple of weeks and been great. Uh, Belichick's defense, I was expecting him to step up and slow down Sam Howell and these commanders, but they, they couldn't do it. Sam Howell played great. Brian Robinson played great, 63 yards and a touchdown. And the Commanders, they responded well to trading away two of their best players on the defensive side. Uh, Mac Jones had 44 pass attempts. They really couldn't get too much going on the, in the running game. And when you force Mac Jones at 44 pass attempts, I don't think this Patriots team is going to do much. Uh, Ramonjo had a, the 64-yard rushing touchdown, but other than that, they really didn't give him the ball. Hunter Henry finally got a touchdown after a six-week drought. Just a nice one for the Commies. I don't expect them to do much, obviously, considering they traded away a lot of assets, but nice win.
0: Yeah, big win for them uh, coming off of the trading away a lot of their best players. I really like like what you said about the Winston-Howell comp. I think that's a pretty good comp. I would say maybe Sam Howell is semi-better uh, than Jameis Winston was then. His O-line is definitely worse. Jameis didn't have great O-lines either, but this O-line is just genera- generationally bad. So anything that you can get out of Sam Howell positive, and there has been a lot of positive I think you'll take as a Commanders fan, it seems like Sam Howell the guy for them. And if they can just build around him, use these picks that they've gotten from some of their assets and get Riverboat Ron out of there and just kind of clean house, let Josh Harris do what he needs to do in his uh, first couple seasons as the new owner here for Dan Snyder, I think this team can be special. And overall, I just really like Sam Howell. I just really, really like him.
1: I like him, too, and I, I mentioned it on the the thing last week uh, the, after the trade deadline. They have like $90 million in cap space. They have a lot of draft capital, and they're probably going to have a new head coach coming in. Maybe it's the enemy just getting promoted. I don't know, but this Commanders team, they have a lot to look forward to. If they decide to go with Sam Howell, they will have a lot of opportunities to boost the other positions. That's kind of why I don't understand getting rid of both Montez and Chase Young. I would have tried to keep one of them and pay one of them, but they're going to have a lot of money and a lot of draft capital to really improve this team. So nice to get wins, but you're kind of looking forward to next year for them. So Sam, Howell looks like the guy it was.
0: All right. Moving on here to bears at saints. I kind of wish the bears would have won so we could just have a really short talk about it when Zach's not here <laughs> and then move on. But they did lose once again, uh, Tyson Badgin had three picks and had, uh, He had a Taylor Heineke kind of type performance, I feel like. And I'm starting to think that Taylor Heineke might be a good comp for him. He's wild. Sometimes he makes some really cool, sick plays. But he's really just not not a good quarterback. Heineke's better than Badgett. I don't want to disrespect Heineke. But overall, I feel like they they, they remind me of each other a little bit. The Saints needed to win this game against the Bears to keep pace in this uh, very, very tight NFC South. And this was a game they had to win. They could not let this one slip away late. Uh, and they did not. They missed that field goal late to make it ten that put them in a position where it was like, uh oh, are they gonna are they gonna blow this one to a team they shouldn't? Uh they ended up not due to the Bears offense just not having enough firepower to get it done. No picks for Derek Carr. I think that was really the difference in this one with Badgett having three, Carr having no picks. Uh that difference really helped the Saints win this game. The Bears did run the ball well, uh, but overall this Bears team is just pretty pretty underwhelming overall i know they get fields back next week probably but you're sitting at two and seven you don't know if justin Fields is going to be the quarterback in the future it's just going to be really interesting to see what the bears do now i know they currently hold the second and third overall picks
1: yeah it's going into a big week for the bears they're definitely going to want to have justin fields back because you want to win next week playing the panthers mm-hmm. trying to keep that draft pick going down uh tyson badgett badgett really kind of showed his two colors so today i like the taylor heineke comp. um Four total turnovers, two touchdowns. He's a quarterback that kind of came out of nowhere like Heineke. Uh, but you said the run game was great. I agree. I was hoping for more Roshan Johnson. He only had two carries. Dante Foreman ran the ball very well. 20 carries, 83 yards. And it was nice to see Cole Komet. He's always – I feel like he's been a solid tight end, and he should be getting more volume. Today he had six catches, 55 yards, two touchdowns. Nice to see him going. Uh, But the Bears, I'll take Zach's mantle and say they need to get D.J. more the ball more. He had a bad fumble, but he only had three total catches today. Mooney played well, five catches for 82 yards. But the Saints defense, they did what they had to do. They forced turnovers, five total turnovers. You're not going to win many games when you turn the ball over that many times. And their offense just took care of the ball, didn't really turn it over. And you said Derek Carr played well. Taysom Hill played great, too. He had a passing touchdown, I think. Uh, unless it was running, I don't know, but he played great. Camara didn't get the ball as much, but they still were able to kind of dominate the Bears' defense. Not much Montez Sweat in his Bears' debut, but Saints win, and they're now in sole position, first place in the NFC South.
0: Yeah, with that bad loss for the Falcons, they are now, and uh, like we said, the Bucs and the Panthers also lost this week, so they were the only NFC South team to get a win, really huge for them um one positive maybe you take away if you're a bears fan it's really 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 hard to win a game when you lose the turnover battle five to zero and they were in this game while losing the turnover battle five to zero i don't know maybe that says more about i can't believe the saints couldn't capitalize i am still not sold on this saints team i know a lot of people are high on them i think i'm just gonna ride with the falcons to win this division still and just hope that the The talent on the Falcons roster is enough to get them past uh, New Orleans and Tampa Bay. I just don't have much. Well, honestly, I don't have much confidence in any of the three teams at this point after this week with the Falcons debacle, but I still like the Falcons slightly more than these uh, than the saints and the bucks. We'll see what happens. in all those games between those three teams, those games are going to be huge for seating at the end here. And, As we look at the – we keep seeing the playoff graphics coming up this week. We're in week nine now, so they're really starting to show on these broadcasts. Um, It's just going to be a tight race here at the end, and probably we'll have some meaningful week 18 games.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a tight race. I like the Falcons roster more, but I just see the Saints team just finding ways to win more. So I think they might sneak away with this division. They have Alvin Kamara, who's played great all year. Uh, Chris Olave's been great. Their defense has looked phenomenal. They have played not the best offenses, but they still have been great. So that's going to be an interesting division. And for the Bears, they're continuing to just fight for a two top three picks. So hopefully they get Justin Fields back next week and can get that win against the Panthers for that pick and get their pick. I don't know. But the Bears are just in a good position with draft capital, but who knows what they're going to do at the QB position in the future. All
0: right, moving on. Next game here, Seahawks at Ravens. Uh the Ravens once again get another dominating home win against a really really good team. They pummeled the Lions at home a couple weeks ago and they pummeled the Seahawks at home this week. Uh nearly 300 rushing yards for Baltimore, which is just so so impressive. I know they're up for a lot of the second half, but still 300 rushing yards is super, super impressive whenever you can get that in the NFL. Uh, The Seahawks had a horrible run game today, but I don't know if you can really fault them for that overall. They were down for a lot of the second half. This game was 0-0 after the first quarter, which is hard to imagine looking at the final score here, but um, it was 0-0 after the first quarter. They still couldn't get that run game going early. That was a problem for them. The Seahawks' offense was just the worst part of their team today. Their defense, yeah, they gave up a ton of points, but they were put in a lot of tough spots. Uh, The Seahawks turned it over a few times, and just overall, just a really disappointing day from a Seahawks offense that was sitting in sole possession of first place in their division over the 49ers and then fall back to tied for first after this game.
1: Yeah, the Ravens, it's at this point, I feel like it's hard to not consider them the favorite so far because this is another game against a team that's looked very good this year, and they just went out there and dominated. Lamar was a little banged up late, so they played it safe and put in Huntley, who then still he went down there and threw for a touchdown. OBJ got his first touchdown on the season on his 32nd birthday, I think, so good for him. And it was a breakout game for Keaton Mitchell, so I've been very keen on him, watching him, wanting him to get a chance, and he got that today. Nine carries, 138 yards, had a 60-yard rushing touchdown. And Gus Edwards continues to just be brilliant for them, especially in the red zone. Five touchdowns in two games now. Uh, He had two touchdowns today on five carries. This Ravens team is just they're scary. Their defense has been dominate, dominating just everywhere. The Seahawks had nothing going on offense. Um, their run game, which has been great all year, was absolutely stuffed. And so far this year, I've really been disappointed by DK Metcalf for the Seahawks. Um, only 454 yards and two touchdowns through seven weeks. Hasn't really got much going. Uh, JSN finally was able to have another good game this week. Uh, so it's nice to see him getting going. But overall, the Seahawks offense just had up.
0: Yeah, the Ravens are now halfway through a five-game, pretty tough stretch. Four or five games are tough here for them. They played the Lions. They dominated them. Then they had their one off, uh, game where they didn't have to do much against the Cardinals. They won that game. Uh, they killed the Seahawks today. And the next two, they got against the Browns and the Bengals, both in Baltimore. Uh, they're 3-0 and so far on this stretch, two games left to go. And if they could win those two games, they're going to be sitting pretty in the north, and they're going to be competing for that number one seed in the entire AFC. Uh, Seattle, on the other hand, they got a couple games they could win coming up here. They got the Commanders next week, and then they got the Rams the week after that. And then they go through maybe the worst stretch of games you could play as an NFL team. After those two games against the Cardinals and the Rams, they go 49ers at home, at Cowboys, then at 49ers, and then Eagles at home. So that's pretty tough for them. It's hard to imagine. I mean, I think if you're a Seahawks fan, you'll take two and two in that stretch, which means they absolutely have to win their next two games against the Rams and the Commanders. Uh, I think they will do that. But overall, just it's the turnovers with Seattle, the, tur- the turnovers. The, Geno's number one thing of why he's been so good for this team the past couple years, is he's careful with the ball. We've said it every week on here. When he turns it over, bad things happen for Seattle.
1: Yeah, he turned the ball over. They didn't have any running games, so they weren't going to win this game with that combo. But looking at the Ravens' schedule, they have a lot of tough games still, but I don't see why they won't win these games. They still got the Jags, the 49ers, Dolphins, Bengals, Browns, Steelers. So they got some tough teams there, but they've beaten every task. Their only two losses are to the Steelers in a game where they just didn't have it, and then the Colts in a game where the Colts just really shocked everybody. Uh, especially the Ravens. So they have a tough schedule still, but I don't see why they aren't going to win those games considering how they played so far this year. Um, They're still banged up, but they've looked great. Lamar's looking like an MVP candidate. He didn't have a great game today, but they were just running the ball over him.
0: All right, moving on here then to probably the game of the day or one of them, Uh, one of the best endings to a game all year. Bucks at Texans. Texans get the win. C.J. Stroud has his Heisman moment. Uh, in his rookie season, breaks the record for most passing yards from a rookie. He has five touchdowns, no interceptions. He basically locked up rookie of the year probably this week, I would say for the most part, um, unless something magical happens somewhere else. But he has just been absolutely phenomenal uh, in his rookie year, and you love to see that from him, especially maybe breaking this Ohio State quarterback curse that has been a cloud over that program for a long time. Uh, this is a huge game for the Texans as a whole as well. They had a bad loss last week against the Panthers. They bounced back this week and get a W against a pretty solid defense and put up a shit ton of points on them. Uh, just mon- these big, long plays have killed Tampa Bay in this game, and they happened all day. Uh, long 80-yard, 70-yard, 60-yard passes from Stroud uh, just really killed them. On the bright side, though, Rashad White had been much better uh, in the past couple weeks for Tampa Bay, he had a rough start of the season. They didn't have much of a run game. He wasn't phenomenal today, but he's definitely been better. Uh, and it's, a just a weapon for them that I'm not sure. I don't want to say that they need, but it's nice to have a running game. When you can get a 73 yards on 20 carries and two touchdowns from him.
1: Yeah. What a game. Definitely game of the week. In my opinion, I didn't have much expectations going into this game, but it really just, it was a great game. Uh, I I hate that the Texans have to be a rival of the Colts because I'm a big fan of D'Amico Ryan's and C.J. Stroud is just phenomenal. Uh, He's coming off a bad loss and he had the best game of his career, without a doubt. 470 yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions again. He continues to just not turn the ball over. He did have a fumble, but they recovered it. Tank Dell had a great game, six catches, 114 yards. And Dalton Schultz really showed out. 10 catches, 130 yards. Just a great game. C.J. and You can't say enough good things about him. In my opinion, I don't know if it's got to be a hot take, but he's definitely, I feel like this year, played better so far than Trevor Lawrence has. So he's looked like the best quarterback in this division, in my opinion. But found Tank Dell. They had uh, 49 seconds left to go get a touchdown. They had no kicker. I mean, Fairbairn got hurt. Uh, shout out Daryl and Gumbawale, who hit a field goal to give them the lead with eight minutes left. Uh, it was from like the... 10, 15-yard line. Uh, shout out to Miko Ryans again for knowing who can kick the ball and giving him a chance and it ended up working out for them. That's just, that's a tough call to make and it really worked out for them. Um, but yeah, no Bear-Bear and they had to get a touchdown no matter what. They were down four and Tank Dell, six seconds left. He had the big catch on the play before too and he's looked great for them too. This receiving core isn't the greatest, but CJ Stroud has them looking very good. So can't say enough good things about C.J. Stroud. Yeah, I mean,
0: 14 touchdowns, one pick is just so impressive uh, for C.J. Stroud. I don't know if that's updated today. He's either at 19 or 14. I'm not sure if this is updated after today's game. But regardless, one interception is just insane. Five touchdowns today, like I said, just – he was just an absolute animal. Completely stole the whole day, the whole Sunday away from it, any anything else. Um, And you just got to be happy if you're a Texans fan. You found your quarterback. You had Deshaun Watson. You went through a lot with that, a lot of hurting Bill O'Brien, trading away your best players for nothing, and you finally get to strike goal with C.J. Stroud here. So you love to see that for them. And overall, Texans now, they work their way up to four and four. Uh, They probably should be five and three. They know that. Uh, But – this is a team that you wish the Jags weren't winning all the games that they are, and the Jags look really, really good right now. They're coming up a bye week this week, but they could definitely compete for a wild card,
1: 100%. Yeah, that is updated at 14, and do you want to hear a crazy stat? Yeah. TJ a... Shroud has more career touchdowns than Kenny Pickett. Ooh. He has He has 14 passing touchdowns. Kenny Pickett right now only has 12, so.
0: Uh, but honestly, now that like you say that, it doesn't that doesn't shock me that much because Kenny Pickett just had his first multi-touchdown game like yeah. not even a month ago. It's that's crazy though, man.
1: Yeah. CJ Stroud just he's been phenomenal. And I wanted to bring this up when I talked about Agumba Wally, but the kicking situation, when your kicker gets hurt, how are you putting out a running back, anyways? How can your punter not hit that kick? I really yeah, don't understand that. How the punter point. can't step in and hit that.
0: Over is the ra- any any random player on your roster? Yeah, a
1: guy who hasn't kicked the ball as a, I'm I'm assuming he hasn't kicked in college or in the NFL before. But that's just wild to me how that happened. But Bucks had a ten point lead early. Baker, their offense played fine. It was really their defense that just couldn't find a way to stop CJ Stroud, Kate Otton, He had a great game for him. Two tight ends really showed out, him and Dalton Schultz. But the Buccaneers' offense, you have to be happy with how they played. Their defense let them down, but I think C.J. Stroud was just phenomenal that you couldn't really do much about it. I've seen a lot of Buccaneers fans going after Todd Bowles, so starting to want him out. It is disappointing after the hot starts to this year that you're now, what, three and five, kind of starting to fall out of the race a little bit. But this is kind of what we expected going into this season. So what a game by C.J. Stroud, really. And Texans, they're going to try to fight for a wild court squad.
0: Yep. Uh, moving on here into the 4 p.m. slate Colts at Panthers the Colts beat the hell out of a team in the Panthers that they should have beat this is good just for morale for the Colts I feel like to go and beat up on the worst team in the league go on the road and get a win Uh, I don't remember exactly I think they're the first team to win on the road this year before they go and play an overseas game Uh, the previous four teams were all losses it was the I'm not going to try to rattle this off the top of my head, but I think it was like Dolphins, whatever, I'm not doing this, Chiefs or some <laughs> shit, but um, yeah, anyways, they're the first team to do it, um, and two pick sixes for Kenny Moore is huge. That was just cool to see. Uh, tough for Bryce Young. That that just kills your, kills your morale to just have to watch that happen twice, but like we used to say in the Jameis days, at least you get to go back out there and give it another shot right away, so he got to do that not very successful in those ventures, but uh, just tough game for him because you want him to come off that win and pick up some steam and start to build on a good season and did not do that today, to say the least. Uh, The Colts offense was not phenomenal, but they didn't really need to be. Their defense came to play. They weren't on the field that much with those pick sixes and overall good win for the Colts.
1: Yeah. The Colts defense, they overperformed to what I thought. I kind of thought this game would be a sneaky shootout, but it wasn't. Uh, Kenny Moore, With his sisters in attendance, all six of them, two pick sixes. He's now tied for second and um, for Bryce Young with touchdown passes. So shout out to him. Um, The Colts finally were able to win the turnover battle. That's been their biggest problem this year is losing the turnover battle. DeForest Buckner, great game, four tackles, a sack, two QB hits, two tackles for loss, two batted passes. He continues to be one of the best defensive tackles in all of football. And the Colts were able to get one on Frank Reich, who hired Gus Bradley for being able to stop his offenses. And Gus Bradley does the same thing again and shuts down Frank Reich's offense. Bryce Young really didn't look very good at all. The turnovers were obviously a problem. Had 173 yards, but they had nothing going in the past game. Thielen led him five catches for 29 yards. He was really shut down by Kenny Moore, though. And this week, Colts secondary, which picked up another injury, Tony Brown concussion, but they were able to still find a way to really dominate and just shut him down. You said it, the Colts offense didn't play that great, but they didn't have to. I was expecting the run game to be better. They only had 73 yards on 25 carries, so that was disappointing, but JT found the end zone. He had a good game, and Jim Irsay was dancing the dreams and nightmares in the locker room, so he was excited. What you like to see?
0: He was was getting it on in there. He was going crazy, but uh, yeah. Overall, yeah, I just – you hate to see that for Bryce Young, uh, number one overall pick, has struggled at points this season. Um, Adam Thielen, who has been his security blanket, was not today. Five catches for 29 yards. The Colts did a good job of shutting him down, uh, which is always the key with a young quarterback. You want to shut down their number one wide receiver and get ahead of that. They did that today. And this is another situation where I don't think either of these teams – well, Panthers are definitely not, but I don't think the Colts are going to be a playoff team. So it's hard to give too much stake in this game. The Colts should have won this game uh, by 10 or 14, whatever they want it by, and they did. So a uh, good win for morale for the Colts and just keep building on it and maybe end up 8-9, 9-8 at the end of the season.
1: Yeah, you got to keep winning. You want to develop a winning culture under a new head coach. Uh, The Panthers' defense for them was really their one bright spot. I touched on how good they were in the run game. They only had one sack, but their secondary was very impressive. Um, gardner Minshew really couldn't get anything going. So their defense was their lone bright spot, but Colts' defense was better. Um, Colts, they are getting Monday and Tuesday off. I guess we'll talk about this on the preview but uh, later. But they are flying out on Thursday, which you said a uh, team that flies out on Thursday usually struggles. So
0: it'll be interesting to see they go week, to Germany.
1: Yeah. yeah, until this week. So maybe in Germany it's a different story. So yeah. good one for the Colts. They want to develop a winning culture uh panthers they just want to win because they don't have the first round pick so disappointing for them uh, they get a chance next week against another bad team though.
0: yes they do so I w- you would like to see the colts win that game and the josh mcdaniel bowl mcdaniel's pulled but uh moving on here to giants at raiders uh speaking of mcdaniel's and the raiders go and they build on the mcdaniel's firing and they get a win against the giants completely dominated the giants uh, which you like to see from them. They were going on full morale. We've seen this uh back when Gruden got fired. They rallied around Basaccia, and they're doing that again. Uh, Possibly a torn ACL for Daniel Jones. It seems like that's what we're leaning towards here, uh, which is really disappointing to see that. Once again, Saquon Barkley is the one that gets franchise tagged. Daniel Jones is the one that gets paid, and it seems like they have been on opposite traject- trajectories so far this season. Uh, Up and down game for Josh Jacobs, he had some good moments in the first half where he looked good. Uh, Second half, when they were trying to run the ball out a little bit, he wasn't as effective. But regardless, they did enough. Uh, Aiden O'Connell gets his first win, and it's in a game where he doesn't get sacked seven times. He actually gets sacked zero times this game, which I don't know how that (laughs) really happened at all, but he gets sacked zero times this game. The Raiders' pass rush was just too much. Uh, for this horrid O-line and the Giants that we know has just really, really struggled mightily this season. And Giants are just – I mean, in the NFL, these the worst teams in the league are always going to have their games where they look good and they beat a team they shouldn't. The Giants go and they beat the Commanders, who are another bipolar team, like we said. And then they go and they play a team, which I would say they're probably about the same uh, level. Vegas thinks so anyways. One-and-a-half-point favorites the Raiders were at home, so it's basically a pick them if it was neutral site. Uh, And the Raiders just go in there and they dominate the Giants.
1: Yeah. Shout out, Jack. We talked about it last week about we want them to fire Josh McDaniels. They did that. We wanted them to start AOC. They did that. So they did what we wanted them to do. Maybe they listened. Maybe they heard it. Um, Something about interim coaches, man. Antonio Pierce gets his first NFL victory. Uh, Another promising interim coach for the Raiders. Rich Passaccio was promising for them, but they let him go. And AOC looked solid in his, this start. Didn't get sacked. This Giants pass rush just isn't very good. Kayvon Thibodeau has his moments, but he struggled. They didn't really get Devontae Adams the ball again. We thought maybe they would try to make that a focus. Four catches for 34 yards, but he wasn't angry at all in the postgame locker room. He looked happy. Uh, it just seems like this team in general is very happy that they got the cancer out of the locker room. It sounds like that players only, or not players only, they're just a the team meeting they had. Uh, a week ago was really everybody just going off on Josh McDaniels, which is something you don't see in professional sports. But they responded great. Max Crosby had three sacks. He's just continues to be a baller. Josh Jacobs had ninety eight yards and two touchdowns. Just a big win for the Raiders. They win their Super Bowl this year, so I don't I don't think they'll be in the playoffs. But this is a game they wanted to win. And for the Giants, now you probably lose Daniel Jones for the rest of the season. What do you do with Saquon Barkley? What does Saquon Barkley do knowing that the rest of the season really isn't meaningful at all and risking injury that could lose you millions of dollars? I don't know. He had a good game, though, 90 rushing yards, three catches for 23 yards. He picked up an ankle injury last week and missed two days of practice, so you kind of touched on that. There might be a fan of ankle injury, and maybe that was, but I don't know. Giants are just in a bad spot with this whole Daniel Jones contract. They really, I don't know, they should have paid Saquon and tagged Daniel Jones, and now it's really hurting
0: them. It feels like everyone knew that in the moment, too, and it just all came to fruition. Like you said with that Raiders uh, semi-players only meeting, I know that Antonio Pierce wasn't there. Uh, They said on the Fox broadcast today, I believe, that Antonio Pierce tried to compare this Raiders team to the 07 Giants and how they beat the undefeated Patriots team and that that Patriots team was uh so uh well I forgot how they said he worded it like that the Patriots team was dominant and the Giants team just defied all odds and won that game and they they were trying to compare it to that and apparently that got back to McDaniels and he said like don't talk about the Patriots like that or so, something like that oh I don't, no what have you getting got but i that i saw that on uh who was it the ari would, would oh you know who I'm
1: talking about love or whatever ari yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah he posted that i think it might have been like terry bradshaw said that or something but anyways that's what i saw which is just hilarious that he said don't talk about the patriots <laughs> like that but, <laughs> but yeah that was a, that's all i got to say about this game is huge win for the raiders morale you're a game under 500 now and the giants are just horseshit
1: yeah, the Raiders were a team that I had in the lowest category of teams after last week. But with this firing, I feel like Antonio Pierce is going to bring energy. I mean, they were smoking cigars in the locker room post game, so their morale is definitely higher. Now, hopefully, they can keep that going and build off it each week. I really expect them to. I don't know if they have the talent to have a coach that's never coached before, but sometimes just the vibes is what you need. Five changes worked for them, but it worked for the Colts for one week last year when they beat Josh McDaniels, and after that they didn't win a game. So it'll be interesting to see how the Raiders go. But if they can continue playing like that, they could win some games and just sneak into the wild card top. Maybe not the race, but the top.
0: Yeah, this is it, this is true. The the story that I said. I'm just going to read it a little bit here. um He brought up the old Giants team that beat the Patriots, Josh McDaniels team in Super Bowl 2007. He said. Uh, Pierce said "Uh, no matter who we played we thought we could beat them we had a game plan that we thought we could beat them we had to believe that that's not here we have to believe it at the Raiders that we could beat anybody when he finishes up the speech everybody thinks they're great except for Josh McDaniels Josh McDaniels then goes over to him and says don't ever talk about the Patriots like that <laughs> which is just
1: oh that was during that meeting yes oh I didn't know that I thought that was like, like recently wow no, that
0: was during the meeting
1: so, yeah, so Josh McCann, he's just – Don't
0: ever talk about the
1: Patriots. Like, Thank goodness he decided not to coach the Colts, man. Thank goodness.
0: Yeah, he's the worst. But, we avoid it, though. We will move on here to our last game of the pod. We will be discussing discussing Sunday Night Football and Monday Night Football on Tuesday's episode – or Wednesday's episode when Zach rejoins us and we talk about college football. Anything random that happens in the NBA, and then preview next week at NFL. So that will be a big episode. So tune into that to hear about the Bills and the Bengals and the Chargers and the Jets. But to finish this episode off, Cowboys at Eagles. Uh, I want to say to start off, neither QB threw a pick in this game. Uh, which was they both took care of the ball. That was really good for them. Dak and the Cowboys' offense were really, really impressive. Um, and I've been harping on them all season. They haven't been where they needed to be. They were great today. The only reason they didn't win this game is that they didn't score on that one fourth and goal, and the Dak stepped out of bounds on a two-point conversion. Either of those things happen. You either win the game if you score on fourth and goal, or if they get that two-point conversion, Dallas doesn't have to go for it on fourth and forever, and they tie that game and they go to overtime. Regardless, the Eagles escape. Now they're sitting up two and a half games on Dallas. Uh, Ceedee Lamb had a really good game again. He's been dominant whenever they feed it to him. The offense seems to be great, uh, and they continue to do that. Um, and overall, but like I said, both of these teams to the carry the ball. There's only one turnover all game between the two teams. It was a really, really good game. Dallas had a chance to steal one on the road against the Eagles. Uh, now they absolutely have to win the one at home. And the Eagles, like I said, they start to build that cushion in the division.
1: Yeah, the Cowboys. They got to. They put themselves in position to win this game. And they really just choked it away. They had the ball on the six-yard line. and They end up, I think, fourth and goal was on, like, the 20-yard line. So, they had chances. The tackle on the inch-yard line on the fourth and goal just couldn't have got any closer. And then Dak took that bad sack where you just can't take it. Um, Both of these teams looked very good. Both offenses, I think, played great. Dak just plays good against the Eagles. I don't know why. He just does. 374 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. He got the ball to C.D. Lamb, like you said. Uh, 11 catches for 191 yards. Jake Ferguson, he had a great game. He's really emerged as a nice weapon for them from the tight end position. Seven catches, 91 yards. And they played well enough to win this game. They should have won this game. Just couldn't get over the hump. The Eagles, they still didn't play like we want them to, I guess. Uh, A.J. Brown lost a streak of 125 yards, sadly but he still had seven catches, sixty-six six yards and a touchdown. Looked great. Devontae Smith had a very nice touchdown grab. Jalen hurts. Got, it looked like he got hurt pretty bad on uh, the one sec late in the first half, but just was perfectly fine. I guess, again, they said he got a shot. And, uh, um, Nick Sirianni's uh, office, but Eagles, they shut down the, the Cowboys run game. They just won the game. And, uh, Maybe they shouldn't have, but they got the job done.
0: Yep, the Eagles, just the definition of escape in this one. Uh, The Cowboys did a good job of shutting down A.J. Brown, seven catches, six to six yards only, and one touchdown. Broke his streak, like you said. Um, Cowboys have been struggling to run the ball over the past couple weeks. They were not great today, but they were okay. Like you said, Dak just plays really, really well against the Eagles. I think you have to take this as a pretty promising performance Uh, if you're a Dallas fan you were in this game you probably should have won this game like i said either of those two things on fourth and goal or that two point conversion go your way you probably do end up winning this game uh but the eagles hold on survive move up to 8 and 1 and they just got to continue to win the games they should and they're going to easily cruise into this one seed right now they're the only other two uh, there are no other one-loss teams in the NFC, so they're sole possession of that. The only two-loss team is the Lions, who we've talked about has a really easy schedule, and the Lions could rattle off a three-loss season, and then the Eagles got to play the Cowboys again. Let's see who they got on their upcoming schedule here. While we got Tom. Um, oh, they got at Chiefs. Uh, They got a bye week next week. Then at Chiefs, Bills, 49ers, Cowboys, Seahawks. Is their next? That's five. a rough one. Cool. So that's a tough five. Then you end with Giants, Cardinals, Giants, which are all wins. But you gotta, you gotta not lose more than what two games in that five stretch. You can maybe lose three and get away with it. But at that point, then you're um, competing probably for a tie, assuming the lines don't have an absolute implosion. But yeah, big picture, huge win for the Eagles. Completely changes the course of their season. Now you go into the bye on a good note.
1: Yeah, and the Cowboys' run defense played very well this game. Uh, Eagles couldn't get much going on the ground. DeAndre Swift had 18 carries for only 43 yards, which is something you don't really expect from this Eagles team. They want to run the ball over you. But the Cowboys were still unable to stop the tush-push. Uh, they brought it out early, I think on the first possession, on their own like 38-yard line. Got it pretty easily. That play is just it's it's so good for the Eagles. Um, Cowboys' defense, like I said, they played great. For the most part, they were able to slow down A.J. Brown, which hasn't been done. And Michael Parsons had two sacks, so they played all right. Cowboys really wanted to have this one and really should have, but just a disappointing loss in a game you wanted to have to get closer to first place in the division.
0: Yep, and that will just about wrap up this episode of the Engage A podcast. Uh, like I said, tune in on Wednesday when we discuss these last two games of the week and then preview some other stuff going forward. Uh, until then, don't forget to like and subscribe. Like I said earlier in the video, check out our Spotify link in the description. Follow us on there. All the episodes from here on out
1: will also be on there uh, if you prefer an audio format. And then until next time, we'll see everybody in the next one.